Do you guys think that Jonathan Lipnicki auditioned to play young Annie in uh, Phantom Menace? I bet he did, actually. I, I bet he did, for sure. Oh. Dang. If you go back and watch his movies, if the critics are right. He's a very cute kid. I'll cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the show. We are the Arnies, and we have nothing better to do than be here with you. I'm Austin Terry, and I'm joined, as always, by my best friends, Matt Johnson and Keith Baker. Matt, how's it going? Going pretty good. Going pretty good, man. Uh, Another week in quarantine winding down. Got the 4th of July coming up. Uh, Have work off on Friday. Wow. Who could ask for a better week? You know what I'm saying? And Keith, I'm always happy to see your shining face. How are you? I'm doing good. Up to the same old shit. Wish I could tell you something different, but that's all I got. Yeah, I think people in quarantine need to stop asking like, what we're up to. Just because <laughs> for the last three months, I literally, my parents, my friends, anytime they ask me, I'm just, I try and come up with a creative way to say it, but I'm basically just saying, Nah, not much new. Just working. <laughs> same routine. Uh, Staying home. Country feels the same way. Yeah. So, what are you going to do? Well, at least on our show, we've got something new. Um, oh. today, today, we are taking a look back at several prominent child actors whose films and shows were a huge part of all our childhoods. As young actors, they were the stars of the 90s and early 2000s, destined for long careers on the silver screen. Today, it's nearly 30 years later, and we're wondering, did they fulfill their potential? Where are they now? Matt, any thoughts before we jump in here? We're stuck in quarantine. All I wish that I had is a Jonathan Taylor Thomas and Jonathan Lipnicki buddy cop movie called The Two Jonathans. (laughs) (laughs) Alrighty, let's go ahead and get into our first actor here, Jonathan Lipnicki. He makes his debut uh, in the 1996 hit film Jerry Maguire. Oh yeah, actually forgot that he was in that. Yeah, he's a little kid. That yeah, can stop talking about how much his uh, his head weighs, right? Do you know the human head weighs eight pounds? <laughs> something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah I forgot it. about that. Um, this, star, this film stars Tom Cruise, Cuba Gooding Jr., and Ren- Renee Zelliger, um, and it's directed by Cameron Crowe. Uh, this early is Lipnicki's kind of breakout role. Uh, the movie itself wins an act, wins an Oscar. Um, Cuba Gooding Jr. Uh, wins best wins Oscar for best actor in a supporting role. And uh, Jonathan Lipnicki at the time is heralded by the critics as the cutest kid in film. That's, can you imagine someone saying that today, getting the designation? You're the cutest kid in film. Gosh, you went to White Hollywood, has so many problems. I was hoping that you would say that Jonathan Lipnicki won the Oscar because he was probably way better than Cuba Gooding Jr. in that film. No disrespect. We're talking about child actors today. We're talking about the actors of our childhood. And Cuba Gooding Jr., what did he do for me? Snow Dogs? Don't care. Daddy Daycare 2? Don't care. I care about Jonathan Lipnicki and the most amazing films of all time. Let's run them down. Ready? Jerry Maguire. Stuart Little. Little that's all. That's all you need. That's all. <laughs> See, that's way better. Two, the little vampire. Oh my gosh! Like let's, Mike. Let's well, there you go. I guess we have way more movies to jump into than I remember. Well, yeah, his uh, his part and all the praise he gets in Jerry Maguire does get him cast in the 1999 film Stuart Little. Great movie. Great movie. Man, that was one of the ones that, like. I was just going through the attic at my parents' house recently, and I found an old box of VHS tapes. And I know he had so many as a kid, but I guess they just like got rid of the ones that didn't really matter. So it's just like a bunch of old Disney movies. And then randomly, there was Shrek and Stuart Little. So Stuart Little was definitely one of those VHS tapes that I just played on repeat as a kid. I love this movie. 
Yeah, I saw this. I, I definitely remember seeing this movie in theaters. And then, yeah, I, I'd probably seen this movie at least six or seven times. I'd, I'd kind of forgotten how much I really liked this movie as a kid whenever we were researching this for our show. Yeah, it was just a fun movie. Uh, Hugh Laurie was the dad. Yeah, I didn't even recognize Hugh Laurie when I went back and was watching clips from this. Michael J. Fox. Oh, yeah, Michael J. Fox. Michael J. Fox Stuart Little. Stuart Little, yeah. Yeah, what a weird... So, like, what was the gist of the movie, basically? Is like, this little kid, Jonathan Lipnicki, is an only child, and he wants a brother. And it's Dr. Mouse, right? They adopt a mouse. I'm trying to remember if the movie has anything in between that, though. Because, like, I know he wants a brother so bad. And then, like, they're surprising him with, like, all right. And then I guess they go to the orphanage. Here, I got, I remember. With the intent of adopting someone, apparently, that day. Because Jonathan Lipnicki, he literally is like, I can't wait to come home from school and meet my brother. So I guess in the world of Stuart Little, you can adopt somebody and, like, have them be a part of your family in, like, six hours. Um, so they go to the orphanage, and they have the intent of adopting a child. But then this uh, too-cool-for-school mouse comes on through. Apparently he can read. He can do cool things. He can climb stuff. And they're like, that's all we needed to know. And they adopt Stuart into their family. And I had forgotten how funny the next part of that is where they bring him home. They show him, like, family photos on the wall. And they're like, show, they're showing Stuart, and he's like, "Wow, anybody else I need to meet?" And then Jonathan, the Nikki's character, has come home, and he's like, "Where's my brother? Where is he?" And they show him Stuart Little, and you can tell he's totally disappointed. And he goes, "Oh, okay. Well, I gotta go. I'm busy." <laughs> Which is a generous like response because I would have been like, "What? You can be a fucking, <laughs> fucking <laughs> mouse for a brother?" <laughs> And also, why are we talking the, about this? Why aren't why aren't you guys pretending this isn't weird? But in, the, in between in between our hero Jonathan Lipnicki and Stuart Little meeting, our hero. <laughs> hero is not Jonathan Lipnicki, it's Stuart Little. In between the meeting, he gets eaten by the family cat, which must have been traumatizing as a kid. <laughs> Nathan Lane as Snowball, if I remember right, his name. You're right. And, and Keith, your favorite actor, I believe, also is in this movie voicing a cat, Steve Zahn. Steve Zahn. Oh, I believe shit. he's a cat. I w- is Steve Zahn a child actor? Because if so, Keith has to run this guy down because Keith is a big Steve Zahn fan. He's talked about it for years. From uh, Sahara. <laughs> yeah, so Jonathan Lipnicki. I mean, at first it seems like he's going to be the protagonist. But turns out it's Stuart Little. And turns out Jonathan Lipnicki, it's going to take him a while to warm, you know, what's the word? Warm up to? I just forgot that phrase for a second. He's, he's, it's going to take him a while to warm up to his new brother. That's a mouse, Stuart. Well, and then, so this film comes out, it's actually highly praised for its visual effects. Um, all the critics consider it a really fun, heartwarming film. And Jonathan Lipnicki is once again praised for being cute and charming. So then what does Hollywood do? Hollywood decides we need a sequel. So then they make a sequel and that movie bombs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it did bomb. But I did I did see that one in theaters and I remember loving it. But I guess the rest of the world didn't. And they they definitely made a third one, but it was animated because it, it I, remember the trailers, I remember the trailers for that movie. And I was like, Oh cool, I love Stuart Little. I can't wait to see another mouse movie. And then it was like, it's Stuart Little Three. It's like what? They can do that? They can turn live action to animated. <laughs> so So if you're Jonathan if you're Jonathan Lipnicki First off, you've, you've started out acting alongside Tom Cruise, and then you act alongside an animated mouse. What's next in your career? What's next for you? How about well, acting alongside a baby vampire? Wow. I've never seen this movie, but I know people like it. Uh, no, they don't. So this was Stuart. This was, <laughs> Stuart Little. So this was Jonathan Lipnicki's first bomb? Um, but yeah, this, this film's a huge box office bomb. Uh, the budget was $38 <laughs> million and, and it only makes $28 million back. <laughs> Oh, man. I guess people were really hoping that Lipnicki would be the next, like, Haley Joel Osment or something. Or I guess Haley Joel Osment wasn't even Haley Joel Osment yet. I don't know. I I guess they were kind of, I guess they were going at bat at the same time. But, yeah, he certainly didn't have the same career. He hit big for a few movies and then kind of just disappeared. But, yeah, this one, this one's more of like a blip on the radar. It's criticized for for his script. Um, Critics widely think all the actors get poor performances, except Jonathan. Except Mickey. Jonathan Mickey. They think he carries the film, and no once way. again, 
once again is widely praised for being cute and charming. Wow. That's what they said about the last movie. So he was just riding on his looks the whole time. <laughs> Pretty much. That does land him in the role and arguably Keith's favorite film of all time, 2002's Like Mike. We're playing basketball. We're playing basketball. All right. So this is a weird movie. <laughs> this is a really Definitely weird movie. Keith, why don't you give us give us the very quick plot synopsis? If somebody, well, actually, no, not the synopsis. Give people a little tease. They haven't seen Like Mike, and they just heard our beautiful song from the film, and that kind of is interesting. Them knock it out of the park, hit that home run. Why should people watch this movie? Lil Bow Wow and uh, Jonathan Lindley, Jonathan character Murph are orphans in this orphanage, who's run by this villainous character Crispin Glover, played by Crispin Glover. Okay. From, you know him from Back to the Future, George McFly. Mm-hmm. Anyway, they go to this basketball game, this pro basketball game, I guess, in Los Angeles, and they see Morse Chestnut's character uh, mm-hmm. playing basketball, and somehow uh, Bow Wow's character gets a chance to like shoot like a, a free throw or something like that on like during halftime, and he makes it. So somehow he becomes connected to this. What? Well, why does he make it though, Keith? Why does he make it? Oh, that's right. We forgot the whole main point of the, of the movie. Yeah, why he, is find, he, he finds these shoes that are <laughs> tangled up in this power line. Yeah, that are Michael Jordan's old tennis shoes. <laughs> so he gets these powers from Michael well, Jordan's. But you old don't tennis you shoes. don't know that just yet because it just says the initials MJ. So he thinks it's Michael Jordan's. Exactly. Yeah, but yeah. He makes that shot. He forms a relationship with Morris Chestnut's character. And eventually, by the end of the film, they go through all these weird antics with uh, Crispin Glover's character at the orphanage. And he's trying to screw them over. And Morris Chestnut's character ends up adopting him. And surprise, Murph (laughs) at the same time. And that's where we end off. And that really is kind of the end of his career. He never really does a big movie after this. Um, He takes a break to go to public school. He did make a brief appearance on Dawson Creek and the show Monk. Um, he's recently mm-hmm. tried to restart his acting career and has actually been uh, receiving advice from Tom Cruise, who he met in Jerry Maguire. Well, that's not good because that <laughs> means that like he's gonna have to sell his soul. Like maybe Tom Cruise will cast him in Mission Impossible Eight as like Simon Pegg's son, but that also means he's gonna have to be a Scientologist. If he's- <laughs> yeah, he's he's gonna join Scientology. <laughs> yeah. I honestly, that probably will happen. So uh, people out there, let's keep an eye on Jonathan Lipnicki because if we see him popping up in the Church of Scientology soon, we know why. Well, we'll we'll have to keep an eye out though because he does have a horror movie coming out this year called Broil. R.I.P. Jonathan Lipnicki. I don't think we'll be seeing much of him again. Whenever you have to say like, I feel like whenever you have to say that an actor tried to restart their acting career, I feel like. It's that's that's a that's a no go ninety nine times out of a hundred. So good luck to him. If they want to do like a reboot of Stuart Little and cast him as the same character, and then Stuart like as a grown mouse, maybe going about their like adulthood, I'd be interested. But they should do a Stuart Little goes to college episode. Yeah, they should. And like Stuart Why Little follows Jonathan and Nikki to college, and they get like drunk and. They have going to all sorts of parties and everything like that. Stuart's now the size of him. Like he's the size of a human man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, giant mouse. Yeah. Stuart can fly yeah. his plane from the second movie. Well, I can already see I can already see the poster <laughs> yeah. of the movie. The poster is gonna be Stuart Little Four, and then it's gonna be like a doorway. It's like open, it's a bathroom, and you see Stuart with his head in the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> and there's just like beer bottles everywhere. <laughs> what would be uh, like a good tagline Stuart Little 4 but yeah he's just like a partier everyone loves Stuart <laughs> maybe that's the title Stuart Little 4 everyone loves Stuart but then there's a question there's a question mark at the end Well, the next actor is Macaulay Culkin. Ooh, the Culkster. He makes appearance in a couple of films in the 80s, um, but really the role that gets him like into stardom uh, is Uncle Buck, and that kind of lands him the lead in Home Alone. Mm. 
Yeah. Well, I think Uncle Buck, that was, was that a John Hughes movie? It was. Yeah, that so was, he worked, that was he worked with John Hughes, and then John Hughes that? brought him in for Home Alone. Gotcha. Yeah, I don't really remember too much about Uncle Buck, but obviously Home Alone, I mean, we probably watched that one, like, at least once per holiday season. It's probably on it, like, at some point, and we usually watch it. I mean, very, very watchable, still enjoyable, still fun. I, that's, what I, that's what I always liked about Macaulay Culkin, is just, like, I feel like that's kind of the characters he played is, you know, he's a kid. He's probably like 10 years old at this time or something, but his whole demeanor attitude, the way he speaks is like that of like a 30 year old. So I think that was kind of the sell and that kind of made some of like the dialogue. And I think it made people perceive him as like a really good actor at the time, but he, I mean, his performances definitely hold up in the movies that I've rewatched that he's in for sure. Yeah. Home Alone yeah. comes out and it's really, it's an instant classic. Um, it makes 276 million against its budget of 18 million. So like this oh, movie wow. just a smash hit. Um, it's actually the highest grossing comedy ever made until 2011 when the hangover part two comes out. The highest grossing comedy. Wow. Yeah. Jesus. Until, until the hangover part two. You didn't count. Uh, what's that movie called? Wait, hangover part two that came out in 2011. You said. Yeah. Oh, geez. Man. I'm surprised that one went, Better than um, Hangover One. It's crazy. Well, Hangover One. Hangover One came out and got word of mouth, so no, no one was excited for Hangover. So it, it was a hit at the box office, but because everybody loved the Hangover so much, when the second one came out, like everybody went and saw that in theaters. So that's why it was such a big box office success. Not a good movie, but good box office success. Yeah, that's cool. I didn't know that. Um, well. I guess that makes sense, though, because it spawned an also very famous sequel, but it also spawned, like, three other sequels that nobody ever talks about that Macaulay Culkin wasn't in. And I've, I watched those, too. Do you guys watch Home Alone 3, 4, and 5 every year as well? Yeah. Well, not every year. Well, I watch Home Alone 1 every year, but not the other 3 and 4. Is there a fifth one? I thought so. I mean, I, I don't even rewatch Home Alone 2, do you guys? Like, I watch Home Alone every year, like you say, Matt, but I've only seen Home Alone 2 once. Oh, Home Alone really? 2, Lost in New York, that's a good one, too. Yeah, we usually watch that. Like, if we watch Home Alone, then usually either right after, like, or like in the holidays at some point, or maybe, they, you know, just another time. Like, I feel like they go hand in hand for us at this point. We usually watch them back to back or something. But, yeah, I like Home Alone 3 a lot, too. Um, and Home Alone 4 is a very weird movie. We could probably do a whole podcast on Home Alone 4. Maybe that could be our Christmas special if we make it to that because <laughs> we rewatched, my brother and I rewatched Home Alone 4 because that was one of those movies that we would like rent every like Christmas and we would watch it like Christmas Eve or something because we, it's just, we loved it so much. But I just rewatched it for the first time uh, last Christmas and it's a pretty weird movie. Uh, is Macaulay Culkin in 3 and 4? No, but in the fourth one, Kevin McAllister's dad gets divorced from his mom. And so he's living like with a very young woman now. And one of the other weird things about it is Buzz, his like older like brother that's a bully is in the movie. And then like one of the sisters is in the movie, but none of the other children are there. <laughs> so I guess they all got retconned out, but it's a really sad movie because like his mom who has gone through like losing his kid three times is uh, just like abandoned by her husband. So he can go like have sex with a younger woman. And then the whole plot is that Kevin starts to hate his mom. So then he runs away to go have Christmas with his dad. And then um, the bandits, one of them played by, I think the Daniel Stern was that Marv. Maybe Marv is now played by a uh, French steward. <laughs> and he comes back. With yeah. His it, it is Daniel Stern. He comes back with his girlfriend and there's an amazing scene that I just have to spoil, but Kevin gets left alone at one point while he's at his dad's like mansion or whatever. And <laughs> the bandits break in and there's one part where Kevin makes eye contact with a French steward and French steward just goes, Kevin. <laughs> Not Macaulay Culkin goes, Marv. And it's pretty badass. Probably like, I mean, honestly, for me, that, I mean, you talk about how The Hangover 2 is the first movie to tack down, like, beat down uh, The Home Alone. I mean, I feel like that moment for me in like 2005 or whatever probably wasn't beat until Captain America picked up Mjolnir in Avengers Endgame in terms of this <laughs> badassery. But anyway, that's my opinion. Well, uh, 
So Home Alone 2, <laughs> back to that. Oh, yeah, I forgot, I forgot we weren't talking about Home Alone 3, 4, and 5. <laughs> but Home Alone 2 comes out, um, and it's actually heavily criticized. It doesn't no. – it does well with the box. It does extremely well at the box office. It makes three hundred fifty-nine million against the twenty-eight million dollar budget. Um, mm-hmm. But it's heavily criticized. Critics felt like it was less inspired. Vers- like critics felt like it was a less inspired version of the first film, and they actually felt like it was too violent um, for like a Christmas movie. Um, it is violent. Like- it still is. It's still. <laughs> I mean, it does throw bricks off a building. <laughs> yeah, Daniel Stern gets hit in the head multiple, like I think four or five times, like by a brick and then he also falls into a hole and he has one of my favorite lines he like falls into a hole in the basement and then he wakes up and just goes wow what a hole <laughs> <laughs> it gets me every time but it is pretty violent at one point he like does that classic thing where he electrocutes himself and you see his entire skeleton <laughs> yeah however the big selling point for this film was our hero macaulay Culkin. <laughs> Because audiences were happy to see Macaulay, Cul- Macaulay Culkin again, even if he wasn't given anything new to do. Gosh, I would say I would say Joe Pesci though would probably be a secondary uh, influence on these movies. Though Joe Pesci was good. I mean, him and uh, the actor who played Marv. What was yeah. what's the actor who played Marv? Daniel you may Sarah. you may be right, Keith, but he wasn't mentioned in any of the reviews <laughs> I read for this. Really, <laughs> I love them together. They're great. I feel like the, the reason to watch the movie is like the whole plot. I mean, you got to watch it for Kevin McAllister and then Harry and Marv. They're great. It's fun. I mean, they're fun movies. They're not going to, you know, like do anything like earth shattering for you, but they're fun watches. Like I said, we watch them every holiday. Just kind of a fun movies to have on. And Macaulay Culkin, like I said, I mean, his performances, I feel like hold up in most of the movies he's in. He's a really good actor and has been since he was like really young, apparently. So it's pretty cool. Well, so Home Alone 2 was actually kind of like the last big film he did. That came out in 1992, and then he quits acting in 1994, uh, saying he wants to live a normal life, um, just really wanted to go to high school without filming movies. And um, apparently his dad was so mad about him quitting acting that it actually led to the divorce of his parents, and Macaulay Culkin like, hasn't spoken to his dad since then. Jeez. Weird. I wonder, because I know like Kieran Culkin and Succession – and like Scott Pilgrim and stuff like that. I wonder when he started. I mean, he must have been a kid when he started acting too. I wonder if there's crossover or it's just just like Macaulay Culkin quits and then his dad just forces like the next oldest son to start acting or something. He has um, another brother too, though, right? Rory Culkin. Well, Rory Culkin. Um, his mom. Yeah. His, his mom actually filed for custody of all the kids. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I'm pretty sure she got all the kids there you in go. the divorce. Makes sense. Um, but yeah, good family of actors there. I like seeing them pop up on different things. I think they all bring a different energy. Uh, but yeah, I like Macaulay Culkin. Um, and so he actually inherited all of his acting money when he turned 18. Um, he's actually described this as being like basically this a kid worked really hard for all this money and then he inherited all of it. So can you imagine mm-hmm. just like having, like coming into the windfall of a movie like Home Alone and Home Alone 2 when you turn 18? Like how much money did he get? Do we know? Enough to where he never has to work again. I read that Home Alone One. I think he only got paid a hundred thousand. Not only I paid a hundred thousand, but then um, Home Alone Two, he got paid four point five million. Wow! Well, because and he gets all the royalties from that stuff yeah. too. Right, that's true. And he was also in uh, Richie Rich, I think, which did okay. Hmm. I mean, he good. he did an interview with Ellen a couple of years ago where he basically said, "Like, I never have to work again. I just do the hobbies I want to do." and I don't have to worry about my Yeah, He has remained relevant. I don't know. Like, I mean, he pops up like doing interviews and like music and he's on like a bunch of like popular YouTube shows that I've seen and stuff like that. So he, he does stay in it. And I feel like I might be misremembering. I feel like they announced he might be in like the next season of American Horror Story or something. So you're right. I saw that he's going to be an episode. Yeah, he has been announced for that. Um, And apparently he's actually part of the main cast too. So I think it's more than an episode. I think he was in a bunch of episodes of Robot Chicken as well as voice acting. He was right. That yeah, was he's nice done. Stuff. He's done Family Guy too. Um, yeah, so he does. He he does eventually try to make a return to acting. He does some guest parts on Will and Grace, where uh, his character as a like immature lawyer um, actually earned him himself pretty good reviews. Um, but then he does the movie Party Monster, Party Monster right after that, which bombs. 
Um, he does another movie called Saved, which does okay at the box office, and his performance again gains praise. Um, he eventually releases his book uh, titled Junior, which I don't think did very well, um, but it's about his like strange relationship with his dad. Um, and then, this is my favorite bit of Macaulay Culkin trivia, he starts a band in 2016 called The Pizza Underground, and it's just mm-hmm. a parody of Velvet Underground songs, but they replace everything with pizza-themed lyrics. I love that. <laughs> yeah, it's really funny. <laughs> No, that's cool. Man. But they get booed off stage after 15 minutes in 2014, and the band shortly disbands afterwards. <laughs> oh, man. I thought you were going to say it was a reference to his, the pizza moment in Home Alone, or he gets the big oh, cheese pizza. It comes to the door. It's like, a big cheese pizza, just for me. And then he, like, pays the guy. And then he does the whole uh, the, the TV show. <laughs> I always. Uh, well, it's funny you say that, Keith, because at their live shows, they actually handed out cheese pizza boxes to everybody. So that may be a, a callback to that line. Yeah, that works. And I also, I, I guess it's not confirmed, but I'm pretty sure it's like they've like flat out said that they are going to him to offer him a part. But they're doing like a Home Alone reboot, and it's going to be like an all new cast. It's going to be like about like another young kid that like gets left home alone, um, and like two bandits go after them. I think they're big actors. I can't remember, but I think they've said that the idea is that Kevin McAllister is not the owner of like a surveillance company or something. And he might have to get involved to help this kid or something. So that could be cool. I'd like to see him come back to the role. I feel like that might be a Disney plus movie that they said that they're going to do. So that could be fun. That's kind of like what they did. I I would kind of like, like a hard R version of that. Like kind of like what they did with the shining sequel, like a grown up. Like instead of dropping four bricks on like, (laughs) Uh, one of the bandits, like instead the camera cuts down to the bandit's face every time the brick hits, and then we just actually see his face flatten like Hitler's and Inglorious Bastards every time he gets hit. And then the movie just ends. <laughs> and then he goes to jail for murdering someone. <laughs> that could be interesting, yeah. Maybe somehow the, the government found out about McCulkin's Home Alone skills and they were. McCulkin. <laughs> McCulkin. <laughs> That's a good nickname for him, McCulkin. Um, but so maybe, maybe the federal government found out about Kevin McAllister's home alone skills and they recruited him, uh, into this, into the spy agencies. And then he has like a, kind of like a taken role, like a Liam Neeson type. <laughs> yeah. It'll be something stupid like that. All right. Well, the next actor we have on our list today is Haley Joel Osment. So his career actually gets started from a Pizza Hut commercial. Um, he like is asked is asked to describe like the biggest thing he's ever seen, um, and he describes like an IMAX theater, um, and then that's what gets him cast in Forrest Gump. Oh, that's right. I always forget he's in that. That's like one of the ones that like always slips my mind because he's just at the end of it. Well, yeah. I definitely, I feel like I'd seen his other movies before I saw Forrest Gump, maybe. So then, like, I saw that and was surprised to see him. But, yeah, I guess we'll, you'll have to run down his filmography. But the thing that's kind of cool about him is that, like, he was such a big deal that he kind of transcended the kids' movies. Even Macaulay Culkin, who was thought of as a good actor, still, I mean, his big roles are Home Alone and Home Alone 2. Whereas Haley Joel Osment was cast in, like, serious, like, Oscar dramas and stuff like that. Kind of cool. It's funny you say that because um, it seems like of these three, he has had the more long-lasting career and he's done more high-caliber movies, um, especially as a kid. Uh, But his mom was actually a teacher and his dad was a theater actor. So he talks about how he was like basically an understudy to his dad and his parents really made him think about all the roles he was reading for. Um, And he wasn't cast for just being a cute kid, unlike Macaulay Culkin and Jonathan Lipnicki. He actually like really impressed all the directors when he read for their roles and like every director he read for was like, I need to have him in my movie. I mean, yeah. I mean, like, do you have like a list of what movies? I mean, Six Sense, obviously, Forrest Gump, AI, Lions. Cider House Rules. Yeah, AI. Yeah, we, we'll go through a bunch of these. Um, but yeah. yeah, so he he makes his debut in Forrest Gump. Then he does Six Sense, uh, where he's actually nominated for Best Supporting Actor. I was going to say, yeah, I thought he was nominated, which is crazy. I mean, yeah, there's like some pretty funny clips. I always like to watch like Oscar speeches, even going back and watching old ones. So I, I don't know who won that year for Supporting Actor or whatever it was. I don't think it was lead, so probably Supporting. Um, 
like it's cutting to all the nominees and like they're doing that thing where like they're waiting to hear the announcement so like they kind of clap a little bit kind of smile but you can tell they're really nervous and it just goes to little like six-year-old taylor joel osmond just sitting in a tux just like hi like it's, just, it's, so, it's so funny there's like these grown men like getting nominated and like little child taylor. like you see like daniel day lewis is sitting there like looking at him <laughs> yeah but it is because i mean like I feel like he deserves it. He's so good in that movie. And that, kind of like how I talked about a little bit with Macaulay Culkin kind of going back and seeing his performances and being even more impressed because it's like, how did a kid hold his own against like these actual, like really famous actors. But I mean, watching Haley Joel Osment and something like the sixth sense and you're like, he's not even holding his own. He's the best part. He's well, so And good. he's also, he's acting alongside Bruce, Bruce Willis and Tony Collette too, which are huge actors to be acting. And like, he has a huge part in that film. Like, Unlike the other yeah. actors, other than like Macaulay Culkin and Home Alone, like he like he's a big part of this movie, and like the other ones just have like kind of smaller parts in their films. It's really cool just to go back and watch his performance, like even after you see it for the first time, because you pick up on all these not just little story beats and like seeing the scenes in advance, knowing what happens at the end. But it's also cool just to see like Haley Joel Osment's performance, like all the nuances and subtleties how he responds to lines how he reacts sometimes to bruce willis's character knowing that he's dead the whole time um it's just really cool and the fact that you know they felt comfortable giving well the fact that m night Shyamalan wrote that movie presumably with a child that young in mind and such a big role and then well apparently when he apparently when he read for this part he actually made m night Shyamalan cry like when they were doing the casting and he yeah. actually said he won't make this movie without heli joe osmond Wow. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So obviously great in that, great in Forrest Gump at the end. Um, and then I've seen Cider House Rules. I remember him being good in that, but I've only seen it once. But I mean, we definitely got to talk about how he's kind of stayed relevant. I do want to talk about Secondhand Lions because I know all three of us really like that film. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Secondhand Lions starring... Michael Caine is a Texan. Can't forget that too. That's something I never picked up on as kid. Picked up on as a kid, even though we live in Texas. Um, but yeah, that's pretty weird going back after the fact and seeing this British guy like not really even try to do a Texas accent, even though his brother's Robert Duvall. <laughs> this is this is the movie that I know him in the best because this is like my one of my mom's favorite movies, and uh, you know, kind of became one of my favorite movies as a kid because I've seen this movie so many times. But he's great in this movie too. Yeah, and he's also like much older, or like at least yeah, he, it'd have been at least like twelve or thirteen in that one, right? Yeah, this was like two thousand two, I want to say. So he looks a lot older now, and he just, it's just yeah, he's like doing accent work, and the character is another really demanding one, and it's just a really heartwarming movie. It's one that I saw, I probably saw soon after it came out, but I still watch it today. I watched it like last year, I think, and it's still. It's not like amazing, but it's it's really, you know, heartwarming and fun and just seeing his crazy uncles played by British Michael Caine and Texan Robert Duvall, um, like tell him this like story about love and how to, you know, overcome like hard times in your childhood and your life and just, yeah, there's great stuff in it. He's great in this one. Yeah, this movie, unfortunately, wasn't a huge success. Um, it had a $30 million budget and only made $48 million at the box office. But it was really well received by critics. Um, so I, anybody listening at home, if you haven't seen Secondhand Islands, I think all three of us would highly recommend it to go watch it. Yeah. Like we said, he acted alongside Bruce Willis and Tony Collette, which were high caliber actors. But then, you know, later on, he gets to act along Michael Caine and Robert Duvall, who are around forever in Hollywood. So it's really crazy, too, because he is acting alongside Michael Caine and Robert Duvall here. But he really steals the show. Like, he's the best part of this movie, I think. Yeah, I mean, I would say so. I think him and Robert Duvall kind of, because his relationship with him comes a bit harder. Like Michael Caine and he start to kind of warm up to each other sooner. So Robert Duvall is a bit more gruff and tough. So it's kind of more of like the, I guess, emotional catharsis or whatever of the movie whenever they finally become close. But yeah, they're, I mean, they're all great in it, even with Michael Caine's bad accent. I mean, I still enjoy everybody in the movie. Um, and of course, Keith, we can't forget the final character played by the voice of Home Depot himself, Josh Lucas, yeah, as, Josh adult, Lucas. as adult Haley Joel Osment. Who would have thought? 
the voice of Home Depot. Yeah, he narrates all the Home Depot commercials, and he was in uh, Lincoln Lawyer, Poseidon. Keith Baker getting going down as the biggest John Lucas fan. I know. Saying <laughs> <laughs> it wrong immediately after we say it. I can't lie. Nobody really cares about him anymore. <laughs> What's his name? Josh Lucas. John Lucas would have been a better screen name. That's why he hasn't had a good career. <laughs> idiot should be named John. <laughs> um, okay, so the rest of his career, um, Secondhand Lines is kind of like the last really like big movie he does. Um, but he does voice Mowgli in The Jungle Book 2, uh, which bombs. Oh, um, <laughs> he does Sex Ed. Um, he has a part on Entourage. Um, he's in that recent uh, Netflix Ted Bundy movie, like Shockingly Evil. Yeah, um, that's what I saw him in, like, last, live-action-wise. Which, I mean, that was a pretty big movie, I guess. I mean, I would think. I'm sure it did well. Yeah, And let's not forget, he was also a mentor and older brother to another child actor or actress, I should say, Emily Osment. Oh yes, of course. From yeah. Hannah Montana and Spy Kids too. Oh, the Island of Lost Dreams. Why are we talking about Junie Cortez? Where's he? <laughs> Hannah Montana and Spy Kids, and literally nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> Sucks. Um, Haley Joel Osment. I know you guys aren't familiar, but a lot of people would know him as. And so you guys actually might like this uh, second part, but he's played the lead character um, in the video game series Kingdom Hearts since 2002, uh, plays Sora, which I think they're develop- developing a live action version of this for Disney+. Plus. Anyway, the thing that you guys will appreciate is basically, if you don't know, it's like there's a, a original story going on about these kids on this island trying to go explore the world. And it's basically, it's kind of like about light and dark and villains and shit, but like all the little worlds you explore are Disney worlds. So like you go to like Alice in Wonderland, Pirates of the Caribbean, Hercules, Tarzan, all that shit. Uh, it's pretty cool. And he's, but the funny thing is that he's played this character since 2002. So like whenever he was at the, at the top of his like notoriety and fame or whatever. So like the kid that he plays is like, I don't know, maybe conservatively, 13 probably like 12 but probably like 13 or something um and i mean it's his voice from when he was that age but the series kind of became so known for so long like it started to take so long in between sequels that kingdom hearts 3 like there's a bunch of spinoffs that he was in but kingdom hearts 3 came out last year so it's 2019 17 years later and i think that game chronologically takes place like maybe two years after the first. So Haley Joel Osment, like, if you see him in, like, that Netflix Ted Bundy movie, his voice is completely different. But, like, he's still like, come on, guys! Come on, Donald! Come on, (laughs) 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 It's really funny. He's, like, 17 years later, still, like, making him sound like that. It's pretty funny. Yeah, and then the other thing that I've seen him in recently is uh, Silicon Valley on HBO. Oh, he does he, is, he does have a character on that as well. That's cool. I kind of dropped off that one, but that's a... You dropped off that one? Oh, you need to get back into it. It, it ends really well. Oh, okay, yeah. He was a main character or just a guest star? Played Kumail Nanjiani's character for a season, right? Right. And uh, now that you're in quarantine, Matt, you've got nothing better to do. So next week, we'll check back in and see if you finish Silicon Valley. Yet. It's true. I did just binge like two shows in the last few days. I watched all of you on Netflix, which was Ooh. trash fire, but I loved it. And then I watched all of Dead to Me on Netflix, which was amazing. And you guys will be happy to know, calling back to our quarantine check-in episode, I did start the first episode of Ozark last night. So oh, nice. stay tuned wow. for that. Um, okay, so that, that kind of wraps up um, Halle Joel Osment's career. Um, I do want to talk about, though, um, so Macaulay Culkin obviously had his arrest that he's kind of famous for, like, looking awful in his arrest photo. Um, Howie Joel Osment was arrested for DUI when he was younger. Um, and then both Macaulay Culkin and Jonathan Lipnicki felt the need to step away from acting as child actors. So what do you guys think kind of like the implications of fame is on a really young person as they try to grow up, but then also have to navigate being a huge star across the country? probably really weird to be an actor from such a young age i i know i've heard stories from other child actors and actresses like Lindsay lohan and uh jonathan taylor thomas and all that like where their parents were you know when you're under 18 years i think they like the i don't know the exact laws behind it but when you're an actor actress 
and you're under 18 years old, your parent has to be you're like your power of attorney where they're in charge of all your money. They have to be on set with you at all times. So, I mean, a lot of, a lot of the times I'm sure these kids' parents are either pushing them into it or influencing them in certain ways. So maybe they don't have a lot of control. So it's gotta be kind of a weird feeling to kind of get out of the business at 18. But like, Oh, am I really into this? Or is my parents just pushing me into this? I don't know. It's funny you say that Keith, cause kind of back to how I do Osmond and now he's had a more long lasting career. Um, what he remembers from being cast in Forrest Gump is not that he got cast across from um, uh, Tom Hanks. It's the fact that they went, that they had a South Carolina camping trip coming up as a, as a family. So his parents really were not into him being a child star. Like it was like, it was one of those things where it was like, if you want to do it, great. If not, you know, we'll go camping. Like, whereas the other two on our list, their parents really were their business managers. And like we said, um, you know, one of them has an estranged relationship with his father. So um, I think that definitely does play a role as you are trying to grow up while being an actor. Yeah, I guess it just depends on what you got into the game for. I mean, like, because you're going to have parents that if you start making millions of dollars as a kid, like, you know, you might steal it. I think Christian Bale had to cut off his parents. I feel like I remember reading because they were stealing his money from him as he was, like, growing up. Um, and then, like, you know, it's one thing like for actors that are older that talk about how like, they can't have normal lives, like no privacy. Um, they can't like, you know, go out to eat if they want, stuff like that. But I mean, for a kid, it must be even worse because like you're trying to navigate that while trying to like go to school and stuff like that and like have friends and people probably latch on to you and like you don't know if it's genuine or whatever. And then, I mean, there's of course, I mean, it's morbid to bring up, but I mean, there's predators out there. I mean, I feel, I feel like we keep hearing more and more about like, I mean, obviously, you know, women and some men are, you know, preyed upon in this industry, but I mean, kids certainly are as well. So, I mean, like, I don't know. It, it seems, it mean, seems scary to grow up in an industry like that with like all this fame. And I mean, you see a lot of them like develop addictions and stuff like that. And yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's lots of perks, but at the same time, I mean, it must be really hard, like not knowing who your friends are and, you know, people potentially preying on you and trying to take advantage of you for your money. So it's got to be scary at times, too. Um, but like you say, Matt, about, you know, there being predators like Macaulay Culkin does have that kind of weird relationship with Michael Jackson. Yeah, I do feel weird about that because Macaulay Culkin always like testifies i guess he did he i think he may have testified i can't remember but he always like he did testify okay he always maintains even today that nothing was done to him which is great you know good for him like that's awesome he also says that he did sleep in a bed with michael Jackson. i know which i just my thing with michael jackson i mean i don't know if this is controversial but like the people that defend him i'm like can't we just say it's weird enough this guy was admittedly like sleeping in beds with little kids because like okay fine maybe he didn't like do what he's accused of but isn't that, can't we get him in trouble for that? <laughs> like, like he like admitted to like sleeping in beds with children. But I mean, the, the thing with Macaulay Culkin, I've never liked about that, even though like I like his performances and him otherwise. But like the one thing I don't like is that he always like maintains, nothing happened to me, nothing happened to me. Even like trying to go as far as like to say the other accusers, like it might not be true and stuff. But it's like, I think, yeah, he may not, he may not have done it to you, but it doesn't mean he didn't do it to other people. So I don't know. Yeah, but he also comes out and he's like, it wasn't me. And it's, it's absolutely ludicrous that these accusations are even out there. Like he totally tried yeah, to discount anybody else's testimony. Yeah. So it's like discount yourself yeah, if I'm, it's I'm true. But like, well, it's don't like also as a kid, you're stupid too. Like kids are stupid. They don't know any better. Like it's true. You're, stu- you're dumb. As a kid, you were stupid. You don't you, like, you ever think about things now as a kid? Like, oh, wow. I didn't notice that. But as a, as a kid, you're, you, you think it's something different. Like, he might have saw shit he didn't even know was bad. So Yeah, growing up like that. I mean, I mean you know, Yeah, I that's mean, a good point, Keith. Depends on how you're raised, I guess. And it's kinda of like what we talked about. I mean, it sounds like Haley Joel Osment had a really kind of safe upbringing and this is just the industry he wanted to get in. And it just so happened that he got into it from an early age. But for all intents and purposes, he seems, you know, fairly normal um today, still working. But yeah, I mean yeah, some people didn't work out as well. Uh it's so. a it is kind of funny, though, because it does seem like one of America's favorite pastimes is watching a child actor deteriorate. I guess. What What do you think that is? Is that one of those things like people 
even though they're kids, but they, they view them as being like on top of a mountain. They have all this money, all the success, but, and watching them fade away is funny because they're losing that. Is that what you think that might be? Yeah, I think it's definitely a, like, I think it could be a jealousy thing too. Cause like you're watching somebody who's six or seven and you know, they've already had more success than a lot of people do. Um, and then just, you know, there's some envy there, there's some jealousy there. And then you see somebody start to deteriorate and you can kind of latch onto the fact that their life may not be everything it seems to be. And so when you get to watch somebody like fall apart and because they're a famous actor, they're going to do it in the spotlight, whether they want to or not. Um, I think a lot of people just really get entertained by that. Well, yeah, speaking of entertainment, I mean, it's just, it's like TMZ and tabloid culture. I mean, like think about like in the late 2000s when, you know, like Lindsay Lohan's like repeated like, you know, stints in rehab or just like seeing pictures of her, like seemingly falling apart, Britney Spears, um, trying to think of other people, but people like that. I mean, it's just like, those would just be headlines by themselves. So, I mean, that's kind of the culture that people like us have been raised in. I mean, just like going through like a grocery store checkout, it's hard to not see at least one of those crazy headlines of just someone maybe they may be famous, but seemingly trying to go about their life or get help. But yeah, it's kind of sad, but yeah, I don't really think yeah. about that too much. So that's a pretty good point. You know, I don't know why a lot of people view that by itself as entertainment. I don't know. I think Lindsay Lohan was one of those that was pushed by her parents a lot. That she I believe, really yeah, that sounds that familiar. She didn't know what she was doing. Like, remember the parent trap? That was like one of her first like breakout mm-hmm. roles. Yeah. And then I think she did... Um, Mean Girls was a bit. Yeah, she had stuff in between that. I'm missing one. Freaky Friday. Freaky Friday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Herbie fully loaded. loaded. Herbie fully loaded. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. with Justin Long. Yeah, yeah. But then after Herbie fully loaded is when she really kind of started going downhill and doing drugs and all that kind of stuff. Probably because and same with I. I saw was read a little bit about Macaulay Culkin. He also started like I don't know if he did like hard drugs, but I know he was like definitely smoking weed and like maybe doing like pills and stuff like that. Yeah, he got he got arrested. He got arrested for having a lot of weed in his possession and a lot of Xanax. Mm. So yeah, probably just anxiety from like oh shit, I don't even know what regular life is because his yeah. whole first part of his life is just making movies at seven eight years old. That's not normal for most people. So he's probably well, like, and he's he's also on record saying like. Basically, for Thanksgiving and Christmas every year, he just disappears because it's such a hard time for him because everyone's rewatching Home Alone. Oh, that's right. And yeah. then he's he's more recognizable. And so he just like basically doesn't want to be out and about whenever the holiday season is going on, which also has to suck because for a lot of people, the holiday season is like a really joyous time and yeah. he kind of has to hide away. That, right. That suck, um, but like you were saying, Matt, about being surrounded by the paparazzi all the time, Jonathan Lipnicki has a story about how when they were filming the sequel to Stuart Little, they were filming in New York. And at the time it was mandated that child actors have to spend three hours a day in school. Mm-hmm. Um, and the paparazzi was there to take photos of him, like on a park bench in New York. And he couldn't make it because of his school requirements. And the paparazzi like confronted him and basically told him they were going to ruin his career and ruin his life as a young kid. And Hugh Laurie had to step in and basically like stop the paparazzi from what they were doing. So that's got to be so weird to be surrounded by all these people threatening you as a young kid. Crazy. Yeah. I mean, like life for everyone's like so hard, but I mean, that's just like a, that's just one of those things that so few people can relate to just like that weird lifestyle that we kind of look upon on the, like on the screen is so entertaining, but I guess behind the scenes, I mean, yeah, I guess it's, it's kind of understandable why some of them kind of, run into, you know, addiction or just trouble or, you know, kind of fade away because the idea of staying in this industry is more painful than like making a shit ton of money. So yeah, I guess I get that. But I guess it is also exciting and kind of heartwarming to see people that make it through on the other end. So yeah. Kind of yeah, like I think it really does depend on I think it really does depend on your support network. Um, mm-hmm. As with anything, the people you have around you is going to make or break what you can do and how successful you can be. Right. Agreed. Well, before we wrap up today, um, I want to know what are your favorite films by the three that we talked about today? Well, from Macaulay Culkin, hands down, Home Alone, number one. Mm. That one's a classic. Watch that every Christmas. 
can't get enough of that movie. It's hilarious in every way. Yeah. Never, I'll never have anything bad to say about that movie. I'd probably go with like the sixth sense. And then we talk about Lindsay Lohan a little bit at the end there. Mean girls still holds up. Mean girls is a great movie. So I'd go like with like younger child actors. I'd probably say something like those two Sixth sense on like the more dramatic side. And then mean girls, more comedic are some of my favorites. I think I'll have to go with home alone and uh, secondhand lines. Yeah. Secondhand lines though. I would actually, like you said, I would recommend people watch it. Cause I don't know how popular that movie is. Like, I don't know if that one was one that like, really has any type of staying power but and again is it gonna blow you away probably not but it's definitely heartwarming and a feel-good movie if you're like times like this it's kind of those are the good ones to watch so i'd recommend that one for sure as well i think it's extremely heartwarming um and who knows audience if you're out there uh and you watch this film and you want to hear an episode on it let us know on our website and maybe we can do that Ooh, secondhand lions cast let's make it happen we can do it if the audience wants it, we can do it. So what do we have in the coming weeks, speaking of that? Well, next week we'll be returning to our Star Wars series with The Empire oh, no. Strikes Back. I'm nervous after New Hope. I'm nervous. I, I, hope, I hope I like it as much as I used to. <laughs> um, and, and just a quick show note, if anybody missed our bonus episode last week, uh, Matt and I do get together to talk about The Last of Us Part Two. Um, so if you want to hear our thoughts on that, be sure to check that out. I agree. We had a good time doing that one as well. Yeah. Um, all right, everybody. Well, like we said, we'll be back next week with a return to Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back. Um, be sure to check us out on social media. Uh, we're at the Arnie's everywhere. Um, and please recommend this show to a friend if you like it. Um, when that really helps as we try to grow. And please make sure you're subscribed to all our channels and uh, give us a like and a review. Uh, we'll be back next week. We've got nothing better to do. We're playing basketball. We're playing basketball.